absolutely. It depends on the uh, COR of the flagstick, so the Coefficient Restitution flagstick. In U.S. Opens, I'll take it out, and uh, every other tour event, when it's uh, fiberglass, I'll leave it in and bounce that ball against the flagstick if I need to. Welcome back, podcast patrons. So right now you're going to hear part two of the Christina Kim episode, and it literally picks up right after the end of our last episode. So we'll get into talking about her and how she got into collaboration with Oahu Golf, different golf courses she's played, who she likes to play with on tour, talk about the fifth major, Tiger, alien, snorkeling, ton of good stuff. All right, so enjoy episode two. Yeah, you just you just ride it out as 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 long as the wave goes. I'm gonna ride it out until I'm ready to jump off, and right now I feel like I'm just climbing up onto that board. That's a uh, I like that segue. I want to know how you got in with Tim at Oahu Golf Apparel because I've known Tim for a little bit, and he very much like you is just a generous, honest, caring person, and so you know even before you were hooked up with them as a sponsor. I mean, in, in my mind's eye, it seemed like, you know, a perfect fit in terms of personalities. How did that get started? You know, what's your relationship like with them over at Wahoo Golf? Um, well, it might sound kind of silly, but it was, uh, you know, it was a few years ago, and I was in Hawaii playing in the Lote Championship over at Koalina um, on the island of Oahu in Hawaii. And I like the way you say that, too. What, correctly? Yeah, correctly, because <laughs> I, because when people are like, oh, what tournament's going on? I was like, I don't know, the, the Lottie. <laughs> uh, well, I, I, I mean, Lotte is a Korean brand, and my family does hail from Korea, so that's one reason why I do know how to pronounce it. Um, but, no, I was, I, was, I was practicing before, I believe it was a Friday, which was a third round, because that tournament starts on a Wednesday, finishes on a Saturday. And I remember, I'm just like, you know, you're just like absentmindedly, like, you know, it's like, you know, between – um, putts, you know, you, sometimes you just look around just to see what's going on, you know, and just like check to make sure you have the time correct and this and that. And like out of the corner of my eye, I see this big ass, like nine inch mohawk. And I'm like, <laughs> like the bad girl in me was just like, dude, that is freaking awesome. And so I like looked over and he's like, you know, kind of looking, you know, in the direction of the putting green and all that stuff, you know, just kind of observing me turn around watch people on the range or whatever. And I'm just like, that is so freaking cool. So here I am, you know, uh, warming up before my round. I walk up to him, and I'm just like, all I say is, I love your hair. And it ended up being Tim Hazelgrove. And he was just like, oh, man, that, thank you so much. Like that's, and, and, you know, just the most incredible energy coming out of a human being. And he was just like, hey, you know, just wondering, you know, I've got a, I've got a company that I'm, um, you know, that, you know I'm, I'm trying to get out there and all that stuff, like, we make hats and shirts. We're going to start doing golf clothes pretty soon. Like, do you, do you want me, would you, could I bother you to give you a couple of hats? And I'm like, hell yeah. I'm like, absolutely. I would love to. I'm like, I'd be happy to support it. I'll put it up on my social media, like this, that, whatever. Just make sure that I know what, you know, what's going on. He's like, oh, that'd be awesome. And so he left a couple of hats and a couple of t-shirts for me in my locker. And from then on, he was just like, yeah, I mean, he's like, I'm just curious if you have a clothing sponsor or this or that. And like at the time I was just kind of, you know, just, um, you know, I was getting some clothes provided, but nothing in contract, nothing this, that, whatever. And I'm like, no. And he kind of explained to me how, 
you know, um, you know, when he became a father and, and having lived in Hawaii for so long, you know, it's, it's, it's something that not a lot of people, I mean, some people will get it, but not a lot of people can really understand where it's, you know, when you're in an island that is so small and it's like living in a small town, except you have water surrounding the entire town, it's really not that hard to, um, you know, be introduced to all kinds of things, like, you know, wonderful, great things, you know, like you've got so many wonderful conservationists and people that care about the environment and care about maintaining the traditional Hawaiian culture. And then you also have, you know, like, you know, you got, you got some of the, you know, not best people, you know, just like every city, every town, every village, every neighborhood, you know, but it's like, it, it, there is a propensity there's, there's the ability, I should say, to get caught up in some things, you know, especially if you have like one of your closest friends who gets caught up in the, in, in some things that might be, you know, less than, um, you know, the most upstanding kind of things that you could do. And he was like, I just wanted to sort of bring children into the world of golf, do it in a cool, fun way with all these beautiful colored hats that have the islands, um, you know, the shape of the island with a, a pin flag over on the, uh, uh, I believe it's the, I think it's the East Coast. Um it is, yep. The island yep. and, um, you know, just kind of, you know, if nothing more, just giving them opportunity to say, hey, you know what, there's there's more to, you know, there's an option if you want to get involved in golf and golf can be cool as shit. And I was like, that is absolutely beautiful. Like, I, I love that so much. And I was like, what can I do to help you, you know? And, and from there, he was like, well, you know, you just post on Instagram, this, that, whatever, let's get the movement going. And then, you know, now, you know, a couple of years later down the road, I'm, you know, one, I'm like one of the ambassadors uh, for Oahu Golf Apparel. And it's just, it's something that I'm really passionate about because I love the idea of helping people, you know, helping children, um, you know, and get them to understand that golf is not, does not have to be an exclusive like club of people like anyone can come out here anyone can play golf anyone can swing a golf club and 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 anyone can you know if you allow it and if you choose to you can change your life you know with something as simple as you know swinging a golf club or something as simple as getting involved in in you know like your local softball team or something like that like it's just they're so for me oahu golf apparel kind of sort of epitomizes the word opportunity because your choices are endless, you know, and, and it just sort of, it's, it's, it's just such a wonderful, wonderful company and such a great group of people that are associated that I'm very lucky to be associated with that I, you know, for me, it was just a no brainer. I'm like, yeah, anything I can do to help, just, just let me know, let me know. Yeah, I I'm, just, I'm all about it. I just sent him a message. I said, Hey, I said, I'm, I'm recording with, you know, Christina right now. And, and, uh, I said, I'll tag you in and it and all that stuff was, was, was all caps. Love her. Exclamation that, point, that, exclamation point, exclamation point. Exactly. And then, but he also adds, she is amazing. Oh, God. <laughs> but he's, he is just, he's so, like you said, he's so generous. He's so giving. He's so kind. All he wants to do is help people. And it is just, it's infectious, you know, like, and, and especially when you're a person that wants to help people as well, when you encounter people that are like-minded and that actually want to help people instead of just thinking, what can you do for me? Like it, it just, it, it, see, it just sort of like your heart explodes and swells, um, you know, and you feel like you can do anything. Yeah. And, and, and the bottom line is like the gear is amazing and it's so well done. So when, when Lydon, my oldest was, uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe 11 or so, um, he was playing junior golf series here in Pennsylvania this summer because that's really kind of the only golf season we have. And, uh, he won his first two tournaments and he was like, Oh dad, like I, yeah, he, he was like, I would, I would love, uh, you know, I'd love an, an Oahu golf apparel hat. I was like, yeah. I said, well, I said, here's the deal, buddy. 
I said, you win three in a row, right? Thinking, you know, come on, it's not going to happen. You win three in a row, and I'll get you one. And so he wins his third one. And I was like, you got to be no kidding way. me. I was like, well, that's awesome. You know what I mean? You, you deserve a kid. And uh, so I just reached out to him, and I said, hey, you know, I made this deal with my son. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to be purchasing a hat for him. Can you kind of give me an idea about sizing? You know, not looking for anything at all. Like, literally had it in the cart. And uh, he was like, dude, take it out of the cart. He goes, give me your address. And I was like, okay. And, you know, a week or so later comes a polo, hats, socks. And I was like, you got to be kidding me with, with a note that said, hey, man, congrats on, you know, on three in a row. I hope it's 300 more. I was like, dude, like you have made the biggest fan out of this kid and this family for life. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, that is such a remarkable story. Knowing Tim, that surprises, that does not surprise me at all. Because that's just that that epitomizes him. He's just he gets so pumped when people like one excel, two are able to perform, and and three you know like just love life and love his stuff. Like he just he loves that. He's just he just he's just like just take it. He just he loves to give, and it just it's so so wonderful because it's so not 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 that it's so unlike you know, a lot of people in society, but, you know, times have changed and he's just, he's just, he's the greatest. Like Tim is the absolute bomb. I'm going to kick it old school. He is the bomb. I like that. That's a, that's kind of a perfect way to, uh, to summarize him. And that Mohawk. I mean, come on. Yeah, you can't, you can't, I mean, unless you're blind, you can't miss it. Absolutely. Hey, um, let, let, here's a here's a question that I've I haven't gotten around to asking any LPGA tour play. We've had a few on. Uh, when the Evian Championship became the fifth major, what were your thoughts on that? Um, you know, the, I did go into it with a little bit of trepidation. I was I was on the board of directors at the time that the decision was made. No, I wasn't. I wasn't. No, that was before my before my uh, second second term. Um, I, I did come into it with a little bit of trepidation, but there were years in the past where we had three majors. There were years in the past where, you know, the number of majors, like, who, who, who is the person that said you have to have four? Like, where did that? Okay, so that's, that's my whole thing, right? Like, that came in the men's game from a sports writer and Arnold Palmer, you know, because before that, you had the USM, you had the Western Am, you had the North and yep. South that yep. were considered major tournaments because we didn't have the ability to steam over to the UK and play. And and no one thought in the first few years when Americans started traveling that that was going to be a major championship. So you're right. Like that's what drives me crazy is people are like, no, it has to be four. Well, why does it have to be four? So I actually, you know, for like for the LPGA, I loved it because that separated you women from what everyone else was doing. And it kind of gives you your own little niche of saying, look, this is super important to us. It, it doesn't matter if the men have an equivalent because it's irrelevant. Like this is for our tour and it's major for our tour. Absolutely. Absolutely. So now what do you think? Do you, do you keep up on the, on the men's game at all? I mean, I know you have friends that play and stuff, but do you keep up with any of it or no? Oh, I, I, so it's twofold. One, I definitely do keep, a very close eye on the leaderboards and I will go back, watch highlights, all of that. But at the same time, 
for the most part, if there's a men's tournament on for the PGA Tour or the Corn Ferry or the, the Champions Tour, or there's generally going to be an LPGA Tour event happening simultaneously. So if I'm in a place where I can be watching the PGA Tour, that means I'm not doing well enough to be playing on the LPGA Tour that weekend. So for me, the only times I really, really let myself indulge are around the majors. Um, and, you know, I'll go, but I will go back and watch highlights and I'll, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll be aware of what's going on on the leaderboard, but if they're going on, we're supposed to be going on. And if I'm able to watch them playing, that means my ass should be on the range or on the putting green. So it's kind of like, it kind of tugs me on both ends of the spectrum, but I love, I mean, I just love golf. I absolutely love golf. And so, you know, if I get the opportunity to watch the men, because I'm not really a DVR kind of girl, um, especially as much as I travel, I'm not going to sit there and like scope out Airbnbs that solely have their DVR in place and I can watch a recording and then I leave the house and they're like, dude, this girl's just been recording golf for like 11 hours a day, <laughs> like three different tours. What is going on here? So um, for me, you know, a lot of I, a lot of my material I get through uh, social media, through the websites uh, and things like that. But no, I, I do keep up with how the guys are doing because I just, I love this game and I love the competition involved within the game, you know? Um, so yeah, I mean, I follow, I follow a, a, a fair few of the guys on, on various tours and things like that. But, you know, for the most part, if like, if you're on Instagram, if you're not a cat, there's a very, very low chance I'm going to follow you. <laughs> when you're out playing now, or even let's say, practice rounds of tournaments and stuff do you have a certain uh do you have a certain game you're going to uh, cash game gambling game or are you just out there practicing like right now are you are you going out and keeping score or are there certain things you're working on well right now um i'm you know i'm going through a ton of um various swing changes right now which is always fun you know it's always fun but I, uh, you know, my, like I was saying earlier, my friend Brendan Valdez, he's, uh, you know, he's, he's ending his junior year in high school, getting ready for a senior year before he goes on to play for Auburn University, which it just astounds me. And so we, we play um, these last couple of weeks, we've played it almost every single day, and we always do a match, uh, whether we do Nassau's, whether we do match play, you know, whatever it is. Um, so I don't, you know, I mean, I always joke that I'm like a six handicapper if I'm not in a tournament round. So, you know, I, 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 I'm working on a ton of different things, but, you know, I, the end-all, be-all is not how I'm hitting it 30 seconds before the tournament round starts for me. Like, I remember when I shot 62 um, at the Long's Drugs Challenge like, back in the Mesozoic era, you know, I, I had like two or three shanks in, in my uh, pre-round warm-up, and I'm like, all right, cool, those are out of my system now at least, thank God, I'm not going to do that on the course, and go out and shoot 62. Like, it's, it, it, it's like... Uh, no, I'm sorry, the State Farm. I, I didn't shoot 62 at the Long's Drugs. Um, you know, so for me, I, I, you know, I'm just, I'm a different creature when it comes once that, you know, that that your name is announced. Once, uh, you know, the, the people are there to start clapping and follow along, which I still don't understand why anyone would follow me. Like, I'm just some dude, like, whatever. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm working on a ton of different things. And, and when I go out and practice rounds, like, I try. I have tried so hard with uh, some of my uh, fellow LPGA players to, like, hey, why don't we do $10 birdies in our practice round today? And so many of them are just like, no, I want to do this or I want to do that. And I'm like, okay, well, why don't we do dollar birdies? And I'm like, nah, like, 
I know, like, on the guys tour, they'll play, like, you know, $100, $1,000. I don't know what I don't know what kind of games they play. They play games, but, like, there are just so many girls that are just like, no, I want to utilize this practice round to be able to know every, every inch of the golf course. I'm like, okay, I understand that. But if you're going to be doing that, can you at least do me a favor? You're going to be hitting or hitting chips from the left side of the green. Generally speaking, you're going to be long left and short right. Don't practice from front left and long right because that is – if you're going to be missing to the right – you're generally not going to be getting the entire distance you're going to be hitting. And if you're going to be going left, it's probably because you pulled it or overdrew it, which means it's probably going to, at the very least, tumble, if not stay in the air longer. So you should be going long left and short right for the most part, unless you're like legitimately trying to hit something past the green on the right side to, to open up up and access something around the green or whatever but um no you know i mean i've um i've played a couple you know i mean this year alone you know the two tournaments i did play in australia i had the best time i mean part of the reason why i had the best time was because my boyfriend duncan was catting for me um that poor poor creature like it's legitimately 24 7 with me cannot be easy on anyone um but you know we just went out there just the two of us and you know just thinking around like not having to think about what other people are doing not having to pay attention to what is going on with anyone else like it was just him me and the golf course and I was able to really get a true sense of you know um, especially I love Australian golf so much I, I will never stop gushing about Australian golf because they understand the fact that brown is beautiful and it the, the firmer the golf course the more creativity it requires to hit shots going into greens uh, shaping shots, you know, you don't just have to just boom, pipe it down the middle and then you're, you're fine. Like you have to know where runouts are, whether it's with your tee shot and know that, Hey, you know, yeah, you can hit driver, but you can have 52 yards into this really firm green and it's only 47 to cover. So you've got no shot of keeping it close to the hole. Maybe if you thought about, you know, laying back with like a hybrid or a five iron off the tee and giving yourself a full swing where you can actually spin the golf ball. Like it makes you think. And, and that is one thing I think is, um, not lacking in American golf, but we just get so caught up on, on perfectly manicured, like black green grass. And I'm like, you know, like bunkers, like that's one thing I have an issue with on the PJ tour um, is how they use the same sand from the same company at every golf tournament. And it is put in place uh, the same amount of time before a tournament in order to provide uh, the sand enough time to settle and things like that. Cause I, I sit here and I'm like, but a bunker is a hazard. You should not be trying to hit into a bunker because you know how the sand is going to react. You should be penalized for hitting it in the bunker. Like, in theory, you should always be hitting it on the green. But you should be thinking, okay, I should be able to control it out of the rough a little bit better than out of the, out of the bunker. And so for me, it was just like, you know, I mean, again, bottom line, I do try and do stuff like that on occasion. But, you know, I, I just I'm, I'm so happy and just have so much fun just enjoying my time on the golf course that realistically I really don't even need anyone else out there like if someone wants to play with me and I'm like you're not slow so fine so it's a very small number of people but for the most part I just you know I, I don't even pay attention to what anyone else is doing and, and that's what you know being off the golf course um, you know you can do that hey do you want to go to dinner do you want to grab a drink do you want to do this do you want to do that like hey do you want to go check out the koalas or you know do you want to go to the zoo or do you want to just go chill at the beach for a couple of hours or do you want to go you know work out together or something like that like for me golf is has the, the longer I've been out here the more I realize golf has become like truly a sanctuary for me you know y y you mentioned a point before I want to go to this because I've got this theory that I've been floating around for the last 
I guess two and a half weeks. Maybe I'm going crazy, you know, from being inside. But you mentioned kind of the the greenification of American courses, and I think that really kind of stems from Augusta, right? Every course wants to look like you know the national, which is which is BS. And, and I think anyone that actually plays golf and and likes, uh, I don't want to get ripped apart for this, but but likes golf the way that it used to be. Instead of just kind of bomb and gouge and and long lush wet courses in the U.S., understands and appreciates that the ground game is where golf started. So I've got this theory that after the shutdown is done, since courses will be not having maintenance done to them and maybe realizing that, wow, we could save a few bucks without putting down so much fertilizer and so much water and stuff like that, that we might actually come out of this golf shutdown with Courses that mimic more of the Sandbelt region courses in Australia or mimic the way that the Lynx courses in, in Scotland and Ireland and the UK are set up. Is that, is, that, is that nuts? Is that me spouting off because I've been stuck inside for three weeks? <laughs> no, I, I think there is there, there's definitely the opportunity for some validity to that statement. My only thing is when you're going to have people that are going to come into the pro shop afterwards and bitch and moan because they're so entitled because they think since they pay, whether it's a greens fee, a cart fee, a membership fee, their monthly dues or whatever, that their money should be going and they should be able to enjoy a, a round of golf on a beautiful green piece of property. I sit here and I say, for me, the course and how well it's manicured doesn't necessarily matter. What matters to me is the heart of the golf course, the land that was utilized. Um, you know, I, I think that um, what you were saying at the very beginning of people that love golf and, and all of that, it, you need to be able to love golf, but also have a grasp of golf architecture a little bit as well as like you know styles of different architectures you know you've got the people that you know like like old tom morris who would just you know be like okay that's a hole let's put a tee there let's put a green there let's stick a hole or somewhere around here between this end and this end or whatever you know as opposed to some of the you know more modern day ones you know um not going to name any of them because i you know they're all they all have the capability of creating astounding golf courses but you know it's like oh this is a resort course so we're going to make it pretty you know, but you've got like Cor and Crenshaw who have gone back to, no, let's find a piece of land that has the right um, sort of rolls and undulations to the property itself, combined with the perfect sand and soil composition to create something truly spectacular so that it just basically seems like it grew out of the out of the ground. Like yes. uh, when I was out um, out west, you know, I played over at Grizzly Ranch, which is basically it's basically in Lake Tahoe. You think Lake Tahoe, okay, you think skiing, you think skiing, you think mountains, because unless you're cross-country skiing, you need some slope in order to go out and, you know, ski. And you go out there and you're just like, there is no way in hell that a traditionalist of an architecture who does not want to alter any piece of property to sort of allow a golf course to bloom would be in his right mind to build a golf course on a mountain. But you go there, it is one of the most spectacular courses I've ever played. And it is, I believe to this day, still the only golf course that Cor Crenshaw did um, that was in the mountains. And I feel so, so, so lucky. And it's so special that I was able to experience that kind of um, genius of finding a golf course that just blossomed out of the mountains. And it makes sense as well. Like, it is just, it is spectacular. Um, but again, you know, going back to it, you know, you're going to... I would have thought that being for the most part in a national drought would have persuaded 
<laughs> golf courses and people to maybe think, hey, you know what? Grass goes dormant sometimes. And, yeah, hey, it did. <laughs> so I, I, I would think that, you know, for me, at the very least, I would hope that after we come out of this, because we will come out of this. I don't know how long it'll take for us to come out of this. Um, you know, I mean, I know Dr. Fauci was saying, you know, realistically, we're looking if we bust our asses to get, you know, about a year, year and a half to truly get a vaccine that will work for the vast majority of people to um, be able to combat this virus. My number one goal is just to get people back to a little sense of normalcy, you know, and, and golf for me is is even though it is my entire life in, in so many regards, golf for me, I don't I'm not worried about that part of it. Like I, I that's that that would be a wonderful dream to have. But if if I have to sit there and quote unquote suffer through all these beautiful, wet, lush golf courses where, you know, you're you're basically, you know, hiding the true beauty of the golf course. I'm willing to do that if we're able to keep more people healthy. So I don't really care, you know, and, and also, you know, people are going to be so stressed out that you think, you know, they'll just be so thankful to be back out on a golf course that they won't give a shit what it looks like until they get back to that sense of normalcy. And then they'll be able to say, oh, well, you know what? Yeah, we survived the coronavirus pandemic and this and that. But don't you think the greens look a little crusty? You know, that's just that's, that's, that's how humans are in this day and age, you know? 15, 20 years ago, I don't think people would nearly be as concerned about it, but we're, we're in a different, we're in a different world. Yeah. People love to hate on stuff. And and I would love to say that I've never taken a round of golf for granted. And I've really tried hard not to, but, but I can literally say after, because, you know, now in PA, this is, we're starting to come into the time of the year when the golf courses are supposed yeah. to be open. And and that's very late for, you know, we have so many, like, I get so many DMs from people in California, like, hey, dude, it's 85 out, and I just played 36, and I'm like, oh, thanks, it's 20 degrees here, dude, you know, and I get those from people all over the place in the country, you know, that doesn't have to go through the kind of, like, uh, self-imposed off-season that we do where the clubs go away, you know, basically for a minimum three months, and so we're at the point now in the Northeast where we're kind of breaking out of those winter doldrums. And, you know, it's very difficult to have started the season for like three or four days and to be so psyched. And then all of a sudden it just gets completely shut down. So I can, without a doubt, unequivocally say that the next time I play and any time after, I will never take a round of golf for granted again. Oh, absolutely. Like what, what astounds me um, is like, like some of my favorite golf is like my number two favorite place in the entire country is Oakmont. And I absolutely love golf in the um, Great Lakes region. So, like, Wisconsin, you know, I mean, obviously you've got the Straits, you've got Aaron Hills, um, you know, went out and played Mammoth Dunes over at, um, oh, my God, uh, over at, oh, my God, what is, my brain's not working right now. Sand Valley. Uh, over at Sand Valley, excuse me, yes. Played the Sandbox and Mountain Dunes in one day. Um, as well as, you know, was lucky enough to go to Forest Dunes and played the loop that Tom Doak. It's just, it's, it is just it, it will, it, it, oh my God, like the math nerd in me, like just the, the geometry of the golf course is just such pure brilliance and perfection. Um, and obviously all of the remarkable courses up in Long Island and, and in New York in general and, and, you know, Saucon Valley over, you know, I mean, Aronimink, uh, the Philly Cricket Club, you sit there and you're like, it is some bullshit. You guys have the, some of the best courses in this country, let alone on the planet. But y'all got a five-month season at best. Like, that's some bullshit. Exactly. You know, whereas I'm sitting here in Florida, and I'm like, I could legitimately play 365 
when I when I where I grew up in California, you could play 365. And you know, I was very fortunate. I grew up between Pebble Beach and Olympic Club, so I was I was very very lucky to be able to play some of the best golf courses um, over there. But I'm like, no, you. I mean, like you. It, it is it is such a treat to be able. The first time I stepped foot at Oakmont was such a remarkable treat. Like I had never. Um, at that point, you know, this was back in 2010. That, for me, for a number of years, maintained being number one golf course in the in in the world for me, because it was the first course. You know, you saw, you know, you've seen so many. You know, Johnny Miller when he shot 63. All the all these incredible rounds of golf. All these major championships that it had hosted. When when Nick Flanagan won the U.S. Amateur in 2003, and and then when the ladies finally went back to Oakmont because you know we hadn't been back in so many years, and it was the first golf course that I had encountered that I had seen years. Uh, you know, year after year and all of this stuff that actually surpassed my expectations. And it, it's just, and I'm like, and y'all, y'all get this for what, five months a year. That and that, and that was bigger. before, that was before the they went in and did the tree removal. Correct. Yeah. Yes. This was before that, if I'm not mistaken. So, right. it, so it's, it I mean, it's completely, I mean, literally that's one of the, you know, it's amazing that a, a top, you know, argue with what you will, a top 20 course in the world or at least in the u.s was completely facelifted and transformed into something almost aside from its bones unrecognizable from what it was two three years before yeah i but i love that though because again like i was saying it's about the land it's about you know like um uh, I know Aronimink, they they did a humongous tree removal as well. And I remember seeing some of the uh, some of the pictures, you know, of how the course used to be built or used to be played and all of that stuff. And now they've, you know, they've lengthened it. They've changed a couple of greens. They've done a couple of things. And they removed like a, over a thousand trees or something ridiculous like that. There was one point, I think it's maybe, God, I'm probably going to sound so stupid. It's maybe the 15th hole or the 14th hole or some of that. You can see 15 or 16 golf holes. Whereas before, you only were aware of really the hole you were on. It is a astounding but that that just shows like you've got you know it's like having you know it's like you know it'd be like if you were overweight and then lost a ton of weight and it's just like no my cheekbones were always here they were just kind of overcrowded with a little bit of a extra you know we just trimmed the fat in essence you know like it's 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 so that's and that shows that these courses are timeless and just so remarkable yeah, and, and sometimes they just, they need a haircut, you know? Like, when a course is around for 100, 120 years, like, guess what? Trees that were saplings that no one even gave a second thought about are going to grow pretty damn big over the course of a century. Yes, and in the reality is you can have trees or you can have grass, but you can't have both. Unless right. Unless you're, like, you know, in the Pacific Northwest or something like that. Because the trees, they're just going to they're gonna drink up all the water. All yeah, the water. So need a place that's going to be lush. Yeah, but that's another thing. If you really want to have a golf course that's lush, you're going to have to take out some of them trees, and then, you know what, we're going to be utilizing less water in general anyway. So at least that is being taken in, you know, like at least that's a positive. Yeah. Hey, uh, who, who do you like to play with when you're out on tour for practice rounds, or who do you like to get paired up with? Well, we already discussed practice rounds. I'm very happy just playing with myself. At <laughs> right, right. Um, who, who kind of vibes with you? Who, who do you vibe with best when you're going out? And playing, you know, tournament rounds, tournament proper, Thursday through Sunday. Well, the way that I see it, you know, because there, there were, you know, in years past, there were players that, you know, you look at your tee time and you're like, oh, my God, I might as well withdraw right now because she is so X <laughs> or she is so this or she is so that. But, you know, there were, there were um, you know, I've, I've had a couple of tee times in the last, like, you know, like eight months or so where I've looked at the, the, tea, the pairings and I said, okay, all right, 
in the past, you would have not been very pleased with this, but hey, you know what? You got a goddamn tea time. Shut your mouth and enjoy the fact that you have a tea time. So for me, I could be paired with anybody and I will have the best day of my life because I'm just going to be focusing on what I'm doing. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be, I'll, I'll be chatting with them. You know, sometimes it'll be a little bit like pulling teeth, but you know what, that how they react and how they perform and how they are is not going to have any bearing on what I'm trying to do with my golf game. So I, and I've said, I mean, cause I've had, you know, I got a couple of texts, you know, at a, at a tournament in the last eight months and someone was just like, Holy shit. I see that you, one of the fastest players on tour are paired with someone who is, not and they were like all you know like sending you prayers in this difficult time or whatever and i'm like bro i've got a tea time like what is there to complain about like you're looking for me you know it's all about perspective you can allow you can allow people to live rent free in your brain or you can just you know take on the fact that you have a tea time like i i read an article i, I forget if it was nbc news or time um that you know it said you you can it said, try to take some time every, you know, be aware of what's going on around you so that find something that brings you awe every single day. And like, I just had my moment here. I just saw like a, um, you know, like a white fluffy, is it a daff dandelion, daffodil, the little white puffy things just floated. Dandelions, the, yeah. Dandelions, yeah. There's a, there's, there's a tiniest puff of breeze and it just, it, it floated by and just did like a, you know, like a triple axle or some shit like that and, and just went about on its way. And it was just absolutely beautiful because the sun's, you know, not it's not going down. I mean, I think we're still over an hour away from sunset, but it's just you're in that golden hour right now. And it's just everything is just remarkable. And with everything that's going on in the world with us, like life still goes on. Like we had so many dragonflies on the golf course this last week that are finally starting to blossom, you know, and, 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 and mature. And now they're they're out there getting theirs right now. Um, but if you take time to really notice what's actually going on around you, as opposed to being somewhere else, that for me is the biggest, I, I would say with, you know, all this, like whatever bullshit people want to say, a physical transformation or bullshit of this or that or whatever, like, I don't care about any of that. Like for me, my perspective has changed and I am so much more present that like, you know, I mean, my depression that I went through, you know, starting, you know, my entire life really, but you know, where it got really bad about 10 years ago, you know, a lot of it was because you're, I was getting anxiety and, and, and anger and fear and things like that because I was so far back in the past or so far ahead that I never really took the time to enjoy where I was because like right now I'm just, I'm, I'm loving where I am right now. The sun has just, you know, gone down far enough where I'm no longer pouring sweat and it's, you know, I've got a tree that's shading me right now. Um, and it's, you know, I mean, life is, is, for all we know we might all be in a simulation so enjoy the enjoy the shit that you're in right now you know like and be grateful for the fact that you have a right now to be aware of you know so for me you know i learned that um you know chemically speaking anxiety and excitement are opposite sides of the same coin they're chemically very very similar it's all a matter of perspective it seems like at least to me being you know a fan and, and someone involved in golf it seems that your not only your persona has changed, you know, a bit out on tour, but but I guess kind of the way that you're perceived as well. And and you've kind of taken on this this matronly role now on tour. And you have a lot of these young women, these young girls really kind of looking up to you out there. Do you see that as well? You know, I mean, kind of going from like I don't know. I don't, I don't want to say like the brash firebrand, but kind of like the the outspoken upstart to to now kind of like opening up your wings and, and, and taking, 
the new generation underneath them? Um, well, one, I'm still brash and outspoken. I don't give a damn what anybody thinks about what I say or what I do. Uh, I like that. that. Will never change. <laughs> um, you know, That's one of the things that I love. Again, I'm that if, if someone's going to have an issue with me, that means I'm living rent free in their head. And I really don't give a damn. Like, that's just that's just another place for me to crash for the night. Um, but at the same time, you know, I don't I don't know. I mean, I still make fart jokes. I don't care how old you are. Like, I'll, I'll still crack jokes. I'll still you know, I mean, if it, it, it's something that I, you know, it, a lot of times if you know, because over the last few years, I've had, you know, several young players that, you know, whether you want to say I've taken under my wing or anything like that one everybody needs friends. You know, even I need friends. I thought that I didn't need friends. Like I, I, I have people that I'm friendly with. Um, you know, I've been burned so many times that I'm just like, I don't need anyone in my life, but I still, you know, I'm still, I'm still nice to everyone. Cause I'm not, a, I'm not an asshole, but you know, I, I sit there and I'm just like, you know, everyone needs a couple of friends. Um, at the very least, especially when you're starting your career. I was so, so lucky. My, my father caddied for me my first three and a half years on the LPJ tour. And I was, I was so grateful for that fact. Um, you know, he was there to witness my first Solheim Cup point. He was there to witness my first win on tour. Like, all of these incredible special moments that, you know, I'm hoping that, you know, if you've got some younger listeners, um, you know, that are listening to this, one, sorry I swore, not sorry, but, you know, whatever, it's polite to say that. And then also really appreciate the sacrifices that your parents make. Um, you know, I was always aware, I mean, my parents, they worked to the bone my entire life growing up to provide me with the life that I have now. So, you know, when it was time for them to retire, I said, nope, your ass is coming with me to Florida. You're going to live with me and it's my turn to take care of you. Um, but at the same time, you know, again, I was so fortunate. I always had my dad with me. So I always had my best buddy who I knew always had my back and who I knew would always be there for me when, when things were tough and who would be able to pull me out of a rut. And then I've, you know, after he and I stopped, you know, he, after he stopped catting for me and then eventually when he went back home, you know, I had to sort of build my own, um, you know, group of friends and, you know, sometimes, you know, and it's, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't judge them for it. I don't blame them for it, but you know, sometimes you no longer get that. You no longer get people that care about you. All they care about is having a good time or, you know, someone who doesn't want to go in depth into what's actually bothering you because we're supposed to be, you know, this, or we're supposed to be that, you know, like, and that's not who I am. Like I, if I, if I'm going to take the effort to ask how you're doing, I want to know legitimately how you are. And if I know that you're not telling me the truth, um, you know, not that you're lying, but you just, you feel like I don't want to burden you. I, I don't care. I'll sit down. I'll be like, I'll stay here for three hours with you if you want. I don't care. And so I know how difficult I can empathize with. I, I, I don't necessarily know to a T, but I can empathize with how difficult it can be when you're a young woman going, you know, fresh out of college or fresh out of high school or fresh out of whatever, just emerging into what could be considered a very overwhelming scene. You know, I, I, I think I was very fortunate that I was so stupid as a kid that I was just like, oh, it's just golf, this is fun. And to an extent, it is still just golf. But then all of a sudden you have to start balancing out, you know, business things, you know, and managers and this and obligations. You're getting pulled left, right, and center to do all this media stuff or whatever. And if you're not the kind of person that's, you know, generally inclined to be like, you know, dive head first and be like, yeah, let's do this and let's do it with some gusto and let's do this and be excited that you have the opportunity to do something new or different, it can be very overwhelming. So, you know, I, I've, I've got several young players on, um, you know, that I've got on my phone that I say, I don't care what time of day it is. Call me if you need me. Uh, memorize my number because if you get caught up in a bad scene, need someone to bail you out of jail, I'll be there. You know, so I guess maybe that's me being matronly in that sense. But for me, that's just not being a piece of shit human being. Like, I would expect everybody to be willing to have that same sort of um, 
outlook on, on, on a relationship with me. And I know for a fact that that's not true, but that's okay. I can still, I can still dream that that day may come, um, you know, because I've got, you know, a couple of, you know, I've got, you know, uh, someone that's not really, she's not playing anymore um, that, uh, you know, I, I used to be super, super close with, but way, way back in the day that, you know, it's just like, you know, it's just like as you grow apart as, as, as human beings, you know, it's just, we haven't necessarily been as close as we used to be because it's just like life happens and stuff, you know, and I know she still loves me and I still love her with all my heart. But even though I haven't seen her in over a year or two years, three, I can't remember how long. I know that if I was in a jam, I could call her right now and be like, yo, I need you. And she would, wherever she is in the world, whatever time of day it is, I know that she would be there for me. And so those are like, you know, your true ride or dies. And so I just want people to know that if you don't have a ride or die, like I'm down, like, you know, that doesn't mean we have to like stay up late at night and like do like face masks and talk about boys, <laughs> you know, whatever. But I'm just like, I ain't going anywhere. Like I am, I am loyal to a T unless you burn me to the point where I can't be um, re uh, revived. And so I think it's so important that, you know, and it sounds so cliche because it's bullshit and it's not true because it's, for me, I don't see us as women and the, and, and the guys as men. Like, I, I always tell people, like, you know, someone came up to me today and was like, you know, it was like, you look really pretty today. And I'm like, dude, I'm just one of the guys. Like, whatever, bro. Like, I mean, thank you, I guess. But, like, let's just go play golf or some crap or whatever. <laughs> but, you know, it's like, so I don't believe, you know, I don't believe in women supporting women. I believe in humans supporting humans, regardless of what you look like, where you're from, how old you are. All that matters is we need to be there for one another. I will sit there and I will spend three hours talking to a nine-year-old kid who wants to, you know, ask all the questions of, about what it's like to be on, on tour. And then I'll talk with, you know, some of my friends that are in high school and, and, and tell them about how, you know, horrible women are and how horrible men are and just focus on your studies, you know. That, that's, my, that's my current thing right now of just, like, you know, for, um, you know, some of the kids I'm not very close with. Like, Brendan, he's, he's, he's all on his own. He's, he's got such a great head on his shoulders. He's, he's so smart. He's, he cares. Like, he's, he's one of my – I'm impressed with him as a human being, aside from his remarkable golf. I'm impressed with who he is as a young man every single day. But, you know, and then I've got kids that are in college, you know, whether they've just, you know, started their freshman year or they're just about to graduate. And then I've got the, you know, the people that have just graduated and they're like, holy shit, life is hard. And I'm like, dude, being an adult ain't that great. Like the ability to purchase alcohol is not enough to be willing, like for me to say, okay, I'll be willing to take on a mortgage and bill payments and things like that. Like booze, <laughs> I don't drink anyway anymore. Like I, I used to, I used to have a few pops every now and again, but like now I'm just like, it's just a waste of time. It's, just, it's a waste of carbs too. Like I'm one of those girls now, but you know, I just sit there and I'm like, if, if you need to talk, because I've been shut out so many times by people that should not have shut me out that I'm like, I would never want the feeling I had placed upon anyone else. So for me, I'm just like, dude, I'm always here for you. If you need anything, come find me. If, if you have a question, if I don't have an answer, I'll have an answer for you within the hour. You know, because I, I know life is hard. Like life is beautiful and life is miraculous. And we are all so, so fortunate to have the lives that we have wherever we are in this world. Because I've been on both ends of the spectrum um, emotionally, mentally, financially, physically, at any, any point in, in human existence. I've been on both sides of the world. But you still have to understand how lucky we are to be here. Even though none of us asked to be here. We're here. But none of us, like, we sat there and we're like, hey, can we be born? And we're like, okay, you're the sperm that's going to be, you know, go hanging out with that egg or something like that. Like, none of us went through that. We all happened to be here 
um, you know, as a result of certain things that took place, obviously, but we all happen to be here at, at happenstance. Yeah, I, I love that. I don't I don't even know if I can if I can follow that up, that monologue. I mean, that was I, I need I might need to cut that and just put that out there for for people to listen to in, in terms of how to be a decent human being in the world. I'm a piece of shit. I don't even think of myself <laughs> as a decent human being. Are you kidding me? I'm an absolute piece of shit. If I am if I am the bar, there is something terribly wrong with this world. There's uh you know I I I love the self-deprecation because you know here's 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 one of my big things and and I've been very fortunate enough when I decided to do this I was like you know what I'm going to do a podcast because I know golf I love golf and I want it to you know give give back to people and 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 I want to take people along for the ride and that's always kind of been you know my thing and my buddy Scott's thing is let's just take everyone else along for the ride because we used to be the ones in the bleachers, looking down at people walking on the range and be like, how's that dude? Like, what does that dude do that, that he's down on the range? Like, it can't be anything important because, you know, he definitely doesn't look like an important dude, and I can definitely do that. And so that's what I decided to do, and, and, and I did it. But one of the things that always impresses me is that once you get past, you know, what people do for a living and, oh, he's a PGA Tour pro, oh, he's won eight tournaments, or she's been on three Solheim Cups, People are people, and I think if you can get that in your head and and stop being, you know, one of these worshipers that idolizes all these people and puts them on this enormous pedestal, like, just realize, like, people are people, and if you're a good person, then good will find you most of the time. Eventually, whether it's now or later or whether it passed you by and you had no idea, good is always there. Like, two things. One, I remember... I read, um, you know, it was probably like a small blurb on Twitter or something like that or a screenshot from an article. But Mr. Rogers, you know, everyone was is, is, is so enamored by him and how great and kind and wonderful and just so different he was because he cared so much. And he said when he was five, there was, I forget if it was a, a horrible fire or um, something really bad that was happening on the television. And he'd look at his mother and says, Mom, I'm scared. And she says, anytime you're scared, always look for the helpers because there are always good people out there and there are always people helping you. And that, that, you know, I mean, I'm, I, you know, it, it, this, I completely butchered it, but that brought me to tears when I read it. It was one of the most remarkable, awe inspiring things that really allowed me to change my perspective on things. Um, and secondly, you know, like if you want this to be the sound clip, all people need to know about me is even Beyonce poops. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just some dude, you know, and for me, I use, I use the term dude, dude doesn't have a gender, like dudes, we're all dudes, like, we're just people, we're, we're all human, you know, again, none of us asked to be here, but we were, we were so lucky to be able to be conceived and, and to, you know, I just, I just celebrated, you know, what people would consider my birthday, I always tell my mother happy anniversary on the 15th of March, because that was, you know, that was the first day that she allowed me to come into this earth, um, but, you know, it's, it's, it doesn't always have to be about us. You know, heaven forbid, like, you can sit there and, like, ask someone how they're doing and actually give a shit how they're actually doing, you know? I, yeah, but it's true. I mean, even Beyonce poops. Anytime I'm about to feel some anxiety about meeting, you know, I, I'm not going to lie. I do still get a bit starstruck around the PGA Tour players. Like, Jeff Ogilvy is, like, the ultimate. But at the same time, I'm always like, no, dude, dude, it's cool. It's cool. Even Beyonce poops. Remember that. Remember <laughs> that. You know? 
Yeah, I always say like I could care. You know, people love autographs. People love pictures. I could care less about any of those things. But I would say the only autograph that I would ever like or ever want to have uh, would be Tigers, and that's it. Because in in my world, you know, I grew, I came into golf a little bit before him, so his entire transition through golf was kind of you know arcing my transition within golf and that's it and I, I don't even want it because of the semblance that it is an autograph I could care less about that like the monetary stuff is is irrelevant but it's the fact that you shared you know a moment in time with that person you have almost like a time stamp to it you know like like this podcast this is this is like you know in in a hundred years from now someone's gonna download this somewhere and be like oh listen to it'll be implanted know. in their brain they're not gonna download it come on <laughs> You know, li- like listen to those too, because it's you know it's a timestamp. It's it's a recollection of of something that occurred, you know, between between two people or between you know two dudes, if you will. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, he he transformed the game much in the way that Jack did, much in the way that Arnie did. Like it's the these you're right. These are basically little time capsules. But I you know it's like, and that's the thing, because sometimes you know, like what you're saying about how you can look at if you know if you got Tiger's autograph, you could look at it and be. You know, it's almost like in those, you know, five, ten letters, you can see an entire lifetime of golf right there, just in those ten letters. But at the same time, you know, having that, you know, that 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 sensation, I feel like, you know, and I, I mean, I, I don't know if I'm like, I don't, I don't know, but it's like, I, I feel like sometimes that's the same thing that people have when they were to gather an autograph of, you know, like a uh, like a Lexi Thompson or like a Sun Hyun Park or an Aria Jutanagarn or heaven forbid, even for me or something like that. They can sit there and be like, oh my God, this was that time when I was able to retrieve this person's autograph and let's say if that ended up being the best day of their life, you know, it's, it's, I, 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 that's why I'm, I, I will always stop and sign someone's autograph because I'm like, I don't know what your story is. I don't know why you would want mine, but fine. Like, I, I, like, thank you for, for wanting to get my autograph. Um, you know, because this might be, you know, this might be part of a really special day for these people. Like, you know, for me, when I, when I won in Mexico years ago, um, you know, I remember I missed my flight and I stayed for two and a half, three hours after the tournament ended and after the awards presentation and after everything, just so I could sign everyone's autograph. And I was like, thank you all for staying here and being a part of this day that I truly wasn't sure would ever come around again. Like, I was so grateful that people, for whatever whatever reason, decided to stick around to spend a little bit of time with me. You know, it's, it's, I, I don't know. It's all, it's all, again, it's all a matter of perspective is the way that I see it. So I, I sit there and I'm like, you know, whether you've got the, the rope hopers or whether you've got, you know, the people that collect autographs or whatever, I'm like, you know what, like, I'll never understand you wanting to spend your time standing in line to get people to scribble some, you know, uh, mostly, um, scrawled. Illegible. Yeah. I know I'm sat here and I'm like, oh my God, it is illegible. Just get it out of your mouth. Um, but, you know, again, I don't know their story. I don't know if this is something that they need at, the, at, the, at that certain time or, you know, heaven forbid, it's actually the, a person to my right who's also in my group that they really wanted their autograph. And I was like, okay, I'll sign it. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's just, it's, I think any human interaction and every human interaction has the making of something beautiful, whether it's on my end or whether it's on their end, you know. And, and there's, there's a number of times when I met someone and was just like, you know, like, like that chance meeting that I had with Tim. Like, you never know the relationships you can build with people on the golf course. You never know, 
you know, how someone like how Tim has impacted my life has been tremendous. And that was just because I was like, bro, I like your hair, dude. You know, like it, life is just so crazy and beautiful in that sense that any given moment your life can change for the better if you look at it the right way and if you not the right way that's weird but if you look at it in a certain way or if you just are able to be present and understand you know every every waking moment is something so unique and so special that you'll never get back again well i have a feeling and i, I don't even want to say i have a feeling i kind of know that after people listen to this podcast there'll be a lot of people that for sure will want your autograph uh the next time that they see you out there uh christine i cannot thank you enough obviously it's been not only enlightening but it's it's awesome for you to to get to talk to our fans and our listeners and you know kind of show them your life story your history and 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 why honestly you know they should be rooting for you when you're out there because golf is so odd right we don't root for a jersey like we root for that person and if you ask people you know why do you like Justin Thomas, why do you like Rory? Oh, uh, well, uh, he's cool. He wins a lot. You know, like, yeah, yeah, like, like, why do you like Aria? Uh, you know, I don't, uh, why do you like Shan Shan? Oh, uh, she won a tournament. Like, nobody knows the stories behind the golfer. So, you know, I truly appreciate you sharing everything that, that we got through tonight. Well, no, Dan, I, I appreciate you taking the time to speak with me. This was this was awesome. This was a lot of fun. And I, 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 I always love chatting with you. And, you know, I just hope that everyone gets through this. We will all get through this. Let's all just be safe. Let's maintain social distancing. Let's, uh, you know, only go out if you really need to. Go out in the late evenings. Go out for a walk. You know, enjoy where we are. And be mindful and be grateful for the fact that we are have these beautiful lives that we live in and realistically if you know a couple of weeks or you know if it ends up where it needs to be a couple of months uh that we have to make some sacrifices you know compare that to the number of months of lifetimes that we're going to be saving um you know i think sometimes it's going to be okay to sit back and be like you know what i will you know i'll read another book i'll take up knitting i will start uh, painting. Um, I know my house needs a couple of repairs. Maybe hell, maybe I'll go and actually do those things that I was putting off. And, and you know, I, I would just tell everyone out here, you know, do me a favor. And whether it's via Skype, whether it's through Zoom, FaceTime, um, I don't know if those weird Pixel phones have something similar to that. Like, give someone a call and and you know what, try and do a FaceTime or try and do a video call. You know, it's. I think sometimes people, um, you know, could benefit from just even if it's through virtually just making eye contact with someone especially if you're having to be quarantined by yourself you know um just just get out there and remember that you know if you are suffering or if you're hurting or something like that um it can be so rewarding and provide you with a sense of joy to call someone that might also be hurting that you don't realize and be able to one hurt together two talk your shit out and three you know if you see someone hurting, sometimes it takes away from your own pain. And then afterwards you can go back and reflect on things and be like, Hey, you know what? My shit wasn't that bad. You know, I'm, 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 I'm really glad that I called this person or, you know, FaceTimed with my grandma or whatever it was, you know, because that's, you know, that, that's, that's part of the human existence is making those connections and maintaining those connections. 
Yeah, it's so true. It's so true. Well, listen, uh, if and when the season ever gets back, I have a feeling no you're going to have a ton when. more. No if. When? Okay. No when? Uh, yeah, I'm, I know. I'm just, I'm, I don't want to say a fatalist, but, but definitely a realist. Um, so Pretty when? Well. I mean, well, the 2020 season might start up in January of 21. There is no if. It's not like golf is gone forever. Right, right. I mean, if, if this season, you know, the, the 1920 season, uh, when it gets back, let's look positively on it. Um, you know, you're going to have a ton more fans out there, uh, which is awesome. Uh, give Duncan my best. You obviously have my best, my love. Have a phenomenal time. You know, enjoy. Do what you can with, with what you've got. And once again, you know, thank you beyond measure. No worries, Dan. It's always a pleasure. Give my love to the family, please. And pay Without it, yeah. All right, will do. All right, people. So either get busy golfing or get busy dying.